The NBA Finals kick off this Thursday, and TheRinger.com is your place to go. Make sure to check out all of our basketball coverage this week, including the Kyrie Irving feature we just published. Writer John Gonzalez takes a look into Kyrie Irving's off-the-court brand with his popular sneakers and out-there theories on alien life in his latest piece. You can read that now on TheRinger.com. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm here with Dave Schilling, as always, and the fabulous Nick Mundy. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Husky Kazee is back. Husky Kazee. It's been... uh, Maybe it's just because it's it's an odd, overcast, sort of drizzly day in Southern California. Um... But we all walked in a little bit down on on wrestling today. Is that is that fair to say? It's not about the weather. It's about the I'm wrestling. I'm trying to give WWE the benefit of the doubt. Okay. And blame God. That's fair. This. Look, we're in the post WrestleMania doldrums, which happens like the last couple of years. It's been pretty. You know, last year all we had was AJ Styles being like, "Oh my God, they're actually going to go with them." Yeah, like that's what we had. Mm-hmm. And this year we barely have that. Yeah. Um, well, we had we had Braun. And we had Braun, that hurt, but now we have, this year seems especially worse, yeah. but we're in the post-WrestleMania doldrums. It's like the two months, what? hopefully after, hopefully Money in the Bank's good, hopefully Extreme Rules is good, because we got great balls of fire. Yeah, we do. And that's what this is all leading to. We're in we're in Extreme Balls of Money season, guys. Extreme Balls of Money, that's yeah. great. Uh, quick, shameless plug, we did an interview with Braun Strowman. And uh, Sasha Banks and Shinsuke Nakamura, and that posted on the feed last week. So if you haven't listened to it, listen to it now. There will be an, a couple more interviews with. Uh, I mean, there's no reason to to be secretive about it, but there's a great Kevin Owens interview. I'll, I will tease that coming later this week. Um, back to complaining about WWE. Uh, extreme balls of money season is a weird season to be in. There's a lot of overarching issues. Uh, or actually, it's, they're not even overarching. I mean, the issues are particular. It's we're all, you, you were talking, Nick, about how it's like multi-person matches. But was it Meltzer that wrote the Meltzer piece? Meltzer said, uh, apparently, that the reason for so many multi-man matches is because WWE, with their 40-man creative team, doesn't have any ideas really until SummerSlam. Yeah. Well, Which, look, use this time to... Develop new stars. I mean, last year we had AJ. Then we had the Shield come out a couple of years ago. But it just feels like the same thing. But I'm just hoping. Yeah. Usually, Money of the Bank is the start to the road of uh, SummerSlam. So hopefully that kicks us off. But right now we're in Extreme Rules, which I feel is the worst pay per view. Shoemaker rightfully said that it should just be called Rules because we have a match on the card that is a DQ. Switches the titles match, which yes. means that there are more rules than usual, not less. There should be less rules in every match because it's extreme. There's nothing extreme about you can't get disqualified. And in, yeah. and I'm sorry, in a five man match, you need more rules to <laughs> to balance all like the crazy action that probably won't be happening in this <laughs> yeah, match. It's like an extra referee. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, back to the I mean to the, to the to the overall arching kind of doldrums point. I think it's fair to say that Brock Lesnar, since his return to WWE, has been an enormous net positive. But there's nothing more. I mean, he, he could lose at Great Balls of Fire, but there's nothing. But I'm just not interested in a non-major Brock Lesnar pay-per-view battle at this point. 
because my assumption is that it's going to be a, basically like, you know, one of the house shows they put on the network with him in it. You know, I mean, it's I just find it really hard to imagine that Brock Lesnar is going to appear for the a one off and drop the belt to Finn Balor at Great Balls of Fire. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll surprise me. What do you guys miss more, Brock or Braun? Uh, Braun. Me too. I, yeah. like, I think that's maybe part of the that's problem. That's a great question. Because well, Braun, I was really becoming like a big Braun guy. And his like his accent and he's like he's actually taking WWE stilted dialogue and making it work more than any other person has. It's like yeah. a really great action movie actor, like a, a Van Damme or a, or a Seagal or a Stallone, where the you know the writing's not going to be great, but there's something about that person delivering that bad dialogue that is just appealing, that makes you laugh, that makes you happy, and makes you want to keep watching. And Braun Strowman had that. I, Brock Lesnar is fine. But I'd rather watch a Braun Strowman match. I'd rather listen to a Braun Strowman promo than another Paul Heyman promo. So it's definitely a Braun Strowman do situation. Do you think that part that sorry, this is left field, but do you think that part of the problem with WWE writing, everybody complains, you know, the promos are over scripted and whatever. This is a long standing complaint. Sure. Do you think that part of the problem is that, that on some level the writers are all writing for like Macho Man Randy Savage? And when guys just talk in regular voices and not 80s wrestler voices, it doesn't work. Because the people that are that that we that are like good without being exceptionally gifted are guys like Braun who are like working the old wrestler voice. Or even like I'm probably gonna get killed for this, but like Undertaker was never like a gifted promo guy, but it was always like an A effort because he just was like growling the whole time. Yeah, his delivery was was believable. And you really thought he was going to he he was really a zombie and he was really gonna beat somebody up. Yeah, his best promos, actual promos, were America Badass days. Yeah. Where he sounded just like Braun Strowman. Or one of those just on, I was watching, I was. I don't know if I was just doing a random network deep, like rabbit hole, or if, some, <laughs> or if, or if one of those was like replayed for some reason. But um, but yeah, when he called out, was it American Badass? Was he American Badass when he called out Shawn Michaels? It was, he was calling out somebody, and it was just like the most amazing time warp to see him just like cutting a promo as American Badass. Yeah, I, I'm. I feel like the American. We talked about this last time I was here. The American Badass era is underrated. You're wrong about that, but that's fine. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> this is a safe space for you. Okay. Um, all right. So we have a big pay per view on Monday. I mean Sunday. Yeah, sure. I guess so. Um, it's. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good pay per view, guys. Like it's be- okay to be down. Like the funny thing about the Raw SmackDown divide is when they did the ta- when they did the Superstar Shakeup, I said. Uh, I think people agreed that like they put the star power on Raw for the most part. I mean, they they kind of sent it back to the original brand split style, where the, where SmackDown is for for work rate and sort of de- like like developing stars and a certain and there's this certain sort of Randy Orton level of entrenched stars like Orton, AJ, and I think Kevin Owens is there. Um, but it's like they're big stars, so they don't have a real like rocket on their back at the moment, you know. Um, unless your name is Jinder Mahal. Unless your name is Jinder Mahal. Well, that's but that's I mean that's like a Mark Henry push back in the day or whatever you know it's like let's just find a heel and put and put the belt on him. But the whole point is that it looked like Raw was stacked after the shakeup, especially sure. I mean, all things considered, obviously there's my favorite wrestlers are are more on SmackDown, but like it looked like Raw was really stacked. You lose Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar doesn't show up for a while, and of course you can count Goldberg or Triple H or Undertaker, whoever. I mean, not that they would have really been there anyway, but I guess Triple H's absence is significant. Uh, at least out of the ring. But you lose one or two guys, 
and suddenly smack i mean raw is like this like work rate like this sort of like lo-fi work rate contest now too you know i mean it's it the the pay-per-view on on sunday is just going to be is a match that we would have all been super excited about if we just had one like one more Goldberg versus Lesnar Ford, like <laughs> as a cherry on top or something. Well, you know? I think you're right. I think this match has the potential to be fantastic because it's all guys we like. I think the thing we're all worried about is who's going to win and be a sacrificial lamb and have his career possibly derailed by this Brock Lesnar match. This is really interesting, right? I mean, it's I'm, I'm writing this week as a sort of future power rankings thing because on both sides we have these multi-person matches that are all – the sort of future of the company. I mean, obviously there's other people too. Um, but it, the most interesting thing on Sunday is not who wins so much as like what it says about the future of the company. Yeah. Sort of. And you're right because the winner is maybe not, it's maybe not even a, a benefit for the career. I think they're going to see the Jinder Mahal stuff and put, well, we'll get into this on the, like for predictions, but I think they're going to put someone who's like, ah, oh, we weren't thinking about that guy. Yeah. And like, I think they're going to try to Jinder Mahal us into a Brock Lesnar match and build that up. <laughs> don't, You've turned don't gender into a, vo- uh, into a verb. Um, don't hinder gender, man. Uh, hey, I lo- I'll go on the record. I love the gender Mahal stuff. I, I thought yeah, that I too. I yeah, me, I'm in. I'm in totally. Let's um. Let's before we get into that, and before we, even, I mean, we'll we'll cover Raw and SmackDown. Why don't we? Do you have any questions, Dave? Let's let's do a, we have let's, a let's ton. Do some little reader questions off the top. We have a ton. Reader this, questions. Listener, listener questions. questions. I'm still stuck in print. First thing. Is a question piggybacking on our interviews with WWE superstars from last week. It's from at Stainerson, Tommy Ashton at Stainerson. What question do you wish you could have asked Sasha Braun at all that you know was off limits, not going to get a good answer? Ooh, um, I gotta say Braun was like remarkably open there. I don't. I mean, there were a couple of things. Like we we briefly discussed like his future like his his uh, you know his like plans for the rest of his career before the mics got turned on and I I probably would not have continued that conversation on the air, um, uh, but I don't know I mean what was there something you would have asked Sasha or, or Braun besides uh, if Sasha would leave her husband for me. Well, no, I got nothing. I, did, you, did you not ask that on the air? I, that was off the air. I'm if just that, kidding. That, I'm kidding. Yeah, if that wasn't. If you didn't ask that openly, it was the. It was clear in your eyes. Your longing. Your oh, longing glances toward her. Don't let my wife hear you say that stuff. Uh, Haven't we talked about um, how much it took Braun to get drunk? Oh, that's a really good question. Or you're on mic, right? Yeah. That's our heel. Our heel producer, Jim Cunningham. You're welcome. Um. Yeah. It would be. It would be interesting to see how. I mean, but but just because. But Braun isn't Andre the Giant. Like Braun could get drunk with a regular amount, depending on. It's just mostly how much he drinks, right? I feel like he's probably a, a decent drinker. I feel like he probably does. Oh drink. yeah. I'm just saying that like it's feasible that the answer is four beers if he just never drinks. Yeah. But I mean, he's got all that Chipotle in his system. He does. And shout out to you for figuring out how much calories he's ingesting when he eats Chipotle. Probably the most important piece of journalism I've ever been associated with <laughs> was figuring out how much, how many, the calories and the price of Braun Strowman's Chipotle order. It's, was he it like thirty? It's like thirty six dollars. No, it was like twenty one or something like that. Chipotle is very affordable. It's a very but very I, but good I, price. I kind of thought there was a cap on it too. I mean, I kind of thought that like I thought I, I did it. I went into it thinking it was going to be like. 
1275 and it was going to be not in, not an interesting answer. But like 21 bucks is a lot of money. I mean, it was a lot of money. Well, the only things that are extra are like the guac and the extra meat, right? Yeah, I mean the uh, the other part of it is that he says that they know what they, like they know his order when he walks in. So I wonder if he's got a little little under the table discount going on. I'd like to uh, Orlando, the city of kings. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to at some point on the air, do a Stroman challenge. Where we both try to eat it? Yeah, and while we're doing the podcast and see who finishes. I'm going to go oh, ahead. I could, I could kill it. I, like, I can yeah. absorb that I would stuff. put that down real hard. All we right. should get multiples. Jim, can we do next week? Can we have like can we have like 18 Braun Stroman dishes and we'll just have an eating contest? Definitely. All right. All right. That's on That's on the list. Uh, the, was there anything else you wish you would have asked? No, not really. I mean, those guys, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure there are questions that people were listening to this wish we would have asked. And, and if we had known, you know, it's good to, I, I sometimes have reached out to ask, what would you like someone to say? But it, you know, we couldn't really do it in this case. It, I mean, the cool thing about that, those interviews is that they were to borrow, borrow from my boss, they're fairly free flowing conversations, although they were really short. I mean, we just had them kind of in and out in 10 or 15 minutes or whatever. So, um, you know, we asked what we, what we, what we, what occurred to us to ask, but I'd never feel like anything's totally off limits. I, I, it's actually more of an issue where like, if something came up that we thought was problematic, we would ask if we should edit it out or something. Um, but, or, or, you know, ask that to ourselves or to our producers. But, but I mean, I don't feel like anything was off limits. I I maybe would have asked, uh, if Sasha's frustrated that she's not in the title picture and that she never, got a pay-per-view win over charlotte but those are the kinds of things where it's like of course she was frustrated you're right no if i mean if i had if i had an hour of totally like it it was like braun Strowman or any of them with truth serum yeah i would just ask a whole lot about like like what's your day like like who like give me like tell me what you think of every person on the creative team (laughs) tell me like yeah i mean just like what is like like you know what people wear to work like i would just wear i would be asking like all kinds of weird minutiae absolutely yeah uh at the real jaxel asks if kofefe was the name of a wrestler what would the gimmick be bonus points for giving an nxt gimmick and a main roster gimmick well kofefe is definitely going to replace uh rico as the as the valet for Billy and Chuck, um, well, Kofefe Co- Kingston has already laid claim at least <laughs> inversely to that name. So, uh, and, then, and then I would say the NXT version is um, uh, No Way Jose's uh, girlfriend. Oh, that's good. Another valet, but a, a think, woman character. In I was NXT. thinking of like a Russian spy in, oh. in NXT, and then when they get to Raw, just you know. Sami Zayn's new tag team partner. <laughs> Sami Zayn and Kofefe. Nice. What about you? What do you think? I, I can't. St- I, I can, I'm only thinking of Fandango right now. Yeah, and me it, too. It just makes me sad. Fandango can make it work. Yeah. Can <laughs> Fandango make- can make anything work. I hope that they have a plan for those guys. Me too. Because I'm really enjoying what they're doing, but it's real disposable. Yeah. At, at some point, it's going to get tired when Tyler Breeze comes out in that janitor costume again. So they need to be able to move... To the next level, with a belt or what, something. What has Tyler Breeze done to be like banished to shirt wearing, like exclusively shirt wearing territory? He is a handsome, like attractive guy. Like he's got the body type, and he's a great wrestler. Yeah. Like he. Oh, and then Fandango doing like last week the the flip over the ropes. Like that was like the best quote dive. I know we're all talking about dives <laughs> lately. That was the best dive I've seen in wrestling in like a month. Fandango is like. Fandango would would be like if there was a pro wrestling expansion draft. Fandango would definitely be picked up by like the by the by the Vancouver Grizzlies of whatever the new <laughs> wrestling company was. Right. I mean, he he could legit 
I mean, I don't know if he, he's, I mean, I think that he's better than, than, you know, EC3 or some of these other like cast offs that have the look and some skills. You know, I think he could be really great. You just need to. And he'd be so, be so easy to book into the main event in WWE too. I thought that that's what they were doing when they came out after the pay, after the pay-per-view and they were like turning in their badges and talking to Shane backstage. I thought that was going to be like gimmick over. We're just ourselves now. But no. Never going to happen. Uh, all right. At HGFDSA Eric, who goes by Broken Eric on Twitter, he asks, any thoughts on the Battle of the Super Juniors tournament so far? Also, will you guys be attending the G1 special in Long Beach? And follow-up question to that is at Lobbyboy Zero asks, why don't you guys cover the noteworthy NJPW shows? Not many podcasts do. They are putting on four or five-star matches consistently. Let me answer that question first. The show is 45 minutes long. We're barely able to fit in everything that happens on Raw and SmackDown every week. I just, we don't have the time. Are you watching any of Battle Super Juniors? No. I'm going to the show. I don't know anything about it. I'm going in cold. You don't even know about Kenny Omega, Bullet Club. I know. I mean, I know Kenny Okada. Omega. Yeah, I, I know them. But like, as far as like the feuds, what's the storylines, anyone fully who's in it, I'm going both days as of, according, like as of right now. But it should be like, I'm excited about it. Like, it's going to be rad. Yeah, it's good. I would talk about New Japan if we had the time. But it's hard enough for us to fit everything in, like I said. We're in our 30s. Yeah, you guys thing, keep... We're, yeah, well, yeah one, we're adults. Exactly. One thing that people... I mean, one, one thing that people probably recognize from listening to the show is that one of the hardest things for us to do is to actually talk about matches on a podcast. You could, If you're watching a match, you can kind of director's commentary your way through it and talk about stuff. Um, but, yeah, uh, New Japan, there, there would be stuff to talk about, and we could theoretically talk about... You know, we've, we've talked, I think, briefly about about uh you know lucha underground and stuff like that but for the like tournament style style uh, events it's really hard to get across on the show yeah absolutely all right but there are a lot of i mean there are a takamichinoku's in it so you know and liger how, how liger's in that? it right isn't liger in it too yeah jushin, jushin thunder liger's in it um hopefully the real one and not and not the uh and not the dude who sits in at in ring of honor used to sit in ring of honor audiences in the jushin thunder liger costume the um uh, Marty Skrull is in it. We talked about last week because he got a top man uh, commercial, but he's amazing. Um, you know, Ricochet and Osprey and all those guys. If you're, if that's your, if that's your flavor, uh, I mean, Ricochet is undeniably one of the best in the business, and it's really crazy. And who's he, the front runner to win? Like, who's the who's the who's the guy who's supposed to win? Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's released betting odds yet. <laughs> uh, but uh, bet us doesn't have the numbers. You know who I love that's in it though, and I, I it's been so long since I've I think I've talked about it on the podcast. That was ACH. Like I really thought that he was going to be, um, when he when he like first popped up on the Indies, who turned me on to them? I think Brandon Stroud was the first dude who just like sent me a text message or an email, and he was just like ACH, like pay attention. I saw him at PWG a couple months ago. And yeah, he was, he was great. Um, and then he yelled at Meltzer. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, That's yeah. the best way to get heat these days is to get get Meltzer on your bad side. He, but yeah, ACH ACH should be in the in the cruiserweight division or the the two hundred five live division. Here's a here's a fun one. Um, at cm ckm one one asks, what's the best way to use Ambrose if and when he loses the belt? Um. Hmm. All right. Well, this goes to a prediction I have <laughs> with everything that's going to happen. 
don't don't just even talk about the pay per view if you want. There's no I, I think I think I think we're seeing it. There's gonna be a Shield reunion, and I can set up why. Because and I don't think they're doing it for the right reasons, but I feel like I think if Braun Strowman comes back to SummerSlam, I think he's wrestling Braun. So Reigns isn't going to be in the title picture. Uh-huh. Rollins had a great match this weekend, but he's not. I think he's trying really hard, but he's not fully clicking like he hasn't been since he came back. And Ambrose is just goofy guy. I I think there's going to be an, and we'll go into it later. There's a reason why the Shield will need to reform as faces. I mean, yeah. If you'd you'd have to build up three heels that are really strong, though. That's the thing, right? Did we talk? Was I talking to you about this? We should. We need to have, by the way, a new segment on the show. We can christen it this week, called "Things We Texted About." Because like we because like our group text, we should just at least run through to make sure that like all of our jokes get get across. Absolutely. Um, I I fantasy booked this. That I thought that they should either do, um, that they should they should, uh, like they should let Heyman put together just like a monster stable and just start with Brock. And then initially I was like, you got a Brock and Braun, and who was like the third person I said. You just do Big Show or something like that, you know, just like have it be just like the scary big guy stable. But I think the better idea is to sort of replay or, or, or with a with a uh, an allusion to Heyman sort of bringing the shield in the first time, have Heyman bring in the authors of pain to back up Brock. Mm, and then you, you can have Brock and the authors of pain versus the shield as like your as a big attraction down the road. See, I'm thinking the club. I think oh, Finn is just he's not doing I mean. He's he's just kind of like peddling. Not not much is happening. He's put on pretty good matches, but it's just kind of listless. Yeah, but he's the he's the most over baby face on Raw. You can't. They they WWE is, uh, despite the fact that they don't pull the trigger, they are too smart to re, to, to 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 do that. I mean, they 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 must be wise enough to know that like turning somebody heel for a minute is only going to like help them overall in their career. Yeah, but like, you look at AJ. Just, look at AJ. Yeah, I think AJ is the perfect reason why you would turn Finn heel. Exactly. Yeah, and you put him with the club, and you just have them run rough shot over everyone. Yeah, and then okay, who's gonna who's gonna stop these guys? Who's gonna stop these guys? The Shield comes together. Yeah, uh, I, I I wish that they had kept uh, Owens on Raw, and it would have been the great Owens. if it was Owens, Samoa Joe, and Triple H sure. against, against the Shield. But that's not happening. Okay, last one before we have to take a quick break. Um, at J. Daniel Rollins asks, what was the best Nitro, Thunder, or pay-per-view of the Russo era of WCW? First of all, J. Daniel, why don't you ask your cousin Seth? He probably has a more <laughs> professional opinion on this than us. Uh, wait, what was the question? Okay, what was the best Nitro, Thunder, or pay-per-view of the Russo era of WCW? You gotta give me some prep time for this question. <laughs> do you have an answer for this? I do. Uh, this was. I think this is coming up because the Shivani show did an episode about Mayhem 99, which was a dreadful pay-per-view. Um, and that was a Russo, first Russo era pay-per-view. Was that the Benoit winning? No, that was, that was, that was the next one. Okay. That was like... Uh, not Slambury. Uh, who remembers? Who remembers all these terrible pay per views? But it was the, it was the next one, and then Benoit leaves. I think the best Russo piece of business on WCW television was the first Nitro after he came back with Eric Bischoff, and they did the New Blood Millionaires Club angle. 
because it, it felt like it was fresh. Everything was up in the air. You had new guys on top. Kidman versus Hulk Hogan was the strangest pro, uh, program, I think, in WCW history. Just the idea of those two guys working a, a, a series of matches and Hogan laying down for him. It was, it was surreal, and I think it had an opportunity to be good if they had followed through with it. Yeah, I mean, it I was a go. good show, top any, to bottom. I, I'm sure there were episodes in there that I liked, but I don't like. But I don't really because I, I think that was the only one that was like, "This is intriguing." And then it, by the end of it, you were like, "No, this is gonna be." Yeah, crazy. what I want from a, a any episode of a wrestling, free wrestling on television, is intrigue and, and asking questions after it's over. And that's a thing that we're not getting now. And I think that's a thing that Russo was good at. Uh, under certain circumstances. Yeah, except then it became, come on, the leader of the new blood, the new innovative guys, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, Shane Douglas, uh, yeah, I Shane think Scott was, Steiner I mean, listen, was in it. I, I'm going to forgive the Shane Douglas just because it was like, he never got the push he deserved, sort of, you know, and I always, I was always a Shane Douglas fan. Oh, me too. I love the triple threat. Um, but yeah, I mean, that era was just not good. They had, it's, they had so much talent, but it was just, you know, it was... I don't know. I don't know. It was just every everything's like I never bought into Ernest Miller. I never bought into uh, Tank Tops. Lex Luthor. Lex Luger. <laughs> uh, he was yeah, called I, just the total package. I never bought into those like Chuck Palumbo and like all. I mean, and uh, Jindrak and O'Hare. Like all those dudes. Wait were, a minute, Jindrak and O'Hare. That was all right for J- a minute. Wait Jindra- a minute, you weren't a fan of Kiwi. Uh, yeah, I would not have remembered he existed if you hadn't just said that. I'm uh, looking at a picture of Vince Russo in the ring right now. Uh, the like where they were rebooting the, Prince Ike- Ike- the artist formerly known as Prince Ikea, yeah. Um, like Vampiro. I don't know. I mean, it was just like they put every like they put absolutely no one in a position to succeed. Like my opinions of so many wrestlers and Jeff Jarrett, who everyone knows, I grew up like idolizing. You know, I mean, I he was. He was a huge deal in Memphis, and like I just thought he was the coolest thing for about three years of my life. But like even him, he's got the stink on him, you know. Like there's just no one I think that benefited by that era, and that was the craziest thing. I mean, the the lesson from the Russo era in WWF was that you let guys kind of be themselves and turn the volume up or whatever, and then he goes to WCW and he repackages people as like soldiers with <laughs> new names. One guy benefited. One guy, Booker T. Yeah, Booker T became a he single was star. Bro, no, that was before. No, that was a hundred percent. I thought that was Russo. a Sullivan or Nash thing. Yeah, I thought that. I think that was before that. It was in. I think it might have been in the middle after Russo left the first time because I think what Russo did. Someone, did, oh God, who was it? First, he lost his T to Big T to Ahmed Johnson. Yes. <laughs> and then oh, so I, I want to know Why what we t- watch this? I want to know what Tony Norris Ahmed Johnson's Chipotle order is. Mm. We'll never find out. But uh so he lost his tea and then he became GI Bro and and uh took over the um Misfits in Action with General Rex. That's Rection. GI Bro. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, that was that was Russo. I mean Russo was there in WCW at the time. Oh, and Lance Storm had a pretty damn good run. Yeah. I don't well, did but, he though? I mean, he was at it. It's kind of despite everything else, he had a good. He, he got to do the sure. nationalist gimmick, and and they played to his strengths of being boring, that kind of stuff. Anyway, 
<laughs> we talked way too much about WCW. We're not going to talk about New Japan, but we're going to talk about 2000 era <laughs> WCW. You're welcome. Yeah. Is there any more questions? There are tons, but we should take can a break. Can you ask me a question I can answer? Okay. Ask me my opinion on something. Okay. One more <laughs> before we have to do our thing. All right. Our thing being the pay-per-view preview? No, the mid-roll. Oh, the okay. commercial. Why is WWE waiting so long to bring back Finn's demon gimmick? Assuming he wins Sunday, any chance he doesn't do it for Great Balls of Fire? And that's from at Ryan underscore Peterson were, 19. Well, Dave, you and I, along with uh, along with the King of Sad Style, Dan St. Germain, were watching Raw on Monday together. Um, it was a very special occasion, Dan returning to the territory after, <laughs> after a lot of time up north. Um, but the... Uh, but yeah, I mean, this this came up, and we we're trying to figure it out. I I don't think they're going to do it on Sunday, only because it seems like it's kind of a weird look, and it's not just. I mean, to, to, I think you should save it for big one, big for title matches, basically, or like huge one on one matches, um, and a, a, a multi person tag match is not. I mean, a multi person uh, every man for himself match is not the right place to do it. But you're right. At some point. But maybe they do do it on Sunday to seed the fans so that like all the fans are like fully aware of what the demon thing is when he wrestles Bron- Brock Lesnar in a month. Yeah, because if you if you're gonna have him job, not saying he's gonna do it, we'll get to that later. If you're gonna have him job out to Lesnar at Great Balls of Fire as the demon, which I think is a terrible idea. I'm as you can tell very much on the Finn Balor is the next big baby face in, in wrestling uh, train. I'm on that. I'm that's what I want, but it's not gonna happen. But if you're if you're gonna have him job out, he has to get a big win as the demon, another one, because he has one against Rollins. And wrestling fan attention spans are are super small now these days. So how many people remember that match fondly? Because uh, he was gone the next day. So you need to have him win a big match in the costume. Yeah. No, I think I think that I think, I think if he shows up in the paint, he's probably winning. If he doesn't, um. He's not, but they'll sell a bunch of leather jacket gimmicks. Yeah. I mean, there's still plenty That's of people the thing, wearing is the that is, that, is that they've actually really, really kind of fine-tuned the non-demon entrance for him. From I like the, non-demon. The leather jacket. My buddy my buddy Tom, um, who lives way up north now, way even further than New York, is uh, saw a kid in like a small town wearing a Finn Balor leather jacket the other day. He's awesome. He's the coolest guy. Yeah. What, what do you think is more? What do you what do you think is more central to his to his non demon entrance? Is it the that great spot where when he, he turns around to the top of the ramp and they show the crowd like all doing the like reacting to the beat in the song, or is it when he gets up on the apron and holds the rope and the camera zooms in on his crotch? <laughs> which which part is more significant? Right well, now? for me, it's the. Getting a good night's sleep is easier said than done, especially when you think you just heard a noise downstairs. Think about it. What do you do in this situation? You could turn on all the lights and keep watch, check your kids' beds every hour, sleep with one eye open, or you can rest easy, knowing that your home and family are protected with Simply Safe! When you install your Simply Safe home security system, you're arming your home with powerful sensors that actually tell you if a door opens or if a window breaks. There's a 105 decibel siren that alerts you at the first sign of trouble. And a, a dedicated team of security professionals watching over you 24-7, ready to send the police. With Simply Safe, there's no long-term contracts, and around-the-clock monitoring is only $14.99 a month. So don't spend another night second-guessing your home safety. Get Simply Safe and get some rest. 
Go to simplysafe.com slash ringer and get a special 10% discount when you order today. That's simplysafe.com slash ringer for 10% off your order. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash ringer. Guys, we've talked about shaving before, and I love talking about shaving more than anything, more than wrestling, actually, because I do it every day. Dollar Shave Club is my choice for shaving. It's the smarter choice on top of it. Get a great shave at a great price, conveniently delivered right to your door. It's an awesome life hack and no-brainer choice. You no longer have to schlep to the store to buy a cheap disposable razor that gives you a cheap shave. Or spend a fortune on razors with gimmicky shaving tech you didn't need. Gimmicky razors are my f- my least favorite, except for Razor Ramon, my favorite gimmicky razor of all time. Now, when I use my DSC Executive Razor with their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter, the blade just gently glides, giving me such a smooth shave. Their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter is transparent for a more precise shave and helps prevent ingrown hairs and fight razor bumps. You, too can make the smarter choice by joining Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the Executive Razor with a tube of their Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only $5. Now, in your first month... In your first month box, you get an awesome weighty handle, a full cassette of four cartridges, and a tube of their Shave Butter. After your first month... Replacement cartridges ship automatically at their regular price. There are no hidden fees and no commitments. You can cancel anytime you like, just like the WWE Network. You can only get this offer exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash masked. Masked like M-A-S-K-E-D. Nice. Like the show, Masked Man Show. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash masked. All right. Extreme Rules. Yeah. It's coming up on Sunday. Uh, whether we like it or not, guys, Extreme Rules is this Sunday. This you know good. what? I'm getting pumped. This whole show has got me pumped, re-energized for it. <laughs> Thank okay, God. this is good. Let's we're we're, we're going to get hyped. All right. Um we're going to let's run through the card as quickly as possible so we can spend some time talking about the main event. Um you know what? That's impossible. I'm already, like the first match I'm going to say is going to derail us. Rich Swan and Sasha Banks versus Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. I hate this match. Uh I understand why it's happening Sasha Banks is lending her gravitas and her charisma to a feud that most people aren't watching because most people aren't watching 205 Live. So she's giving them the rub. At the same time, it feels wrong that Sasha Banks is dropping this far down the card. Yeah, but you know what? I think Sasha's probably going to give a pretty dominating performance, and then this will probably set her up as Alexa Bliss's next opponent. Yeah, I mean, is this far down the card? I'm given it'll probably be the opener. It's the least significant match on the card for sure, but it's also like the it's the second match with women in it on the card. Yeah, so it's not it, like she's it's not like there's like three women's matches and she's doing this. Yeah, she is getting to be on the card. She's wrestling on I, the I think that's pretty significant. They yeah. like worked a reason why to put her on a card. And sure. this, I mean to me like I don't know why I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt, but to me this feels like if I like when I would show up for like a Ring of Honor show and hadn't really been paying attention to the storylines or whatever and they're in like a guy who was in the semi main the last time I saw him was in a mixed hat. You know, it's just like it seems like it, it feels okay. Like it's not it's not where it's not it's a nice it's it's a it's a fine way to tread water, but you have to do something with it. If it's a shit match and it makes you care less about Sasha, then it's a failure. But it's possible to make this work. I think we're going to see some 
Sasha Banks, Rich Swan spot where she's doing like one of his moves. I think. Yeah, like a tandem move, sort of like they did in the uh, mixed tag at WrestleMania. I, I, whatever. I mean, it's it's a throwaway. It's good, like you guys mentioned, that she's working. Um, and shout out to Sasha for her excellent dance moves on Monday. That's not what she said on Monday. That's correct. That's the not only, the only thing that the only thing that was worse than Sasha's dancing on Monday was all of the promos that were cut. <laughs> Every single one. Wait, no, who had no Roman had a good promo. Roman's promo was there was very one good. other good one, but there were a lot of just a lot of bad talking. I think I think the first the opening promo wasn't terrible. The Miss uh, TV big, big cast isn't even on this card as we speak, so I'll just say it now. But man, that when when like Enzo was beat up backstage and Big Cast was just like, my friend got his head caved in. Let me take a quick time out to talk to the general manager about how disappointed I am in fairly muted tones. <laughs> All right, um, next, what's up next? Uh, Neville versus Austin Aries, and uh, this is re- this is quickly approaching like best of a hundred territory here with these two guys. I mean, you ha- how do you not have Austin Aries win the belt here? You, yeah, I think you have to. You have to win, even if it's just a short reign. He has to get a win, otherwise he's as buried as every other. Baby face challenger that Neville's had so far. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I mean, that's that's fine. And it's a submission match, so you can maybe do some wacky stuff here, some chicanery. That said, Austin Aries did make uh, Neville tap out on Monday night. Yeah. So we were trying to go through on Monday and say like all, how all the endings of all the matches like projected the kind of inverse at the pay per view, and it's, I think it's too it's 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 risky to read in too much of that kind of stuff. But but you have like what an average two title changes a pay per view. Yeah, this is one of them. All right. I think so. Yeah. Uh, is the next one the Hardy Boys versus Cesaro and Sheamus? Yes. You think the titles are changing? Yeah, I think you know Hardys don't need the titles. They're trying to do something with Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah. I think they could use them. I think it could like rocket them to a, you know. I like him, man. We were talking, I mean, we we were looking at them on Monday. Dave doesn't look so sure. I, well, this is going to piggyback on another match that I have a very strong prediction for. I think Ambrose is losing the belt to The Miz because of that ridiculous stipulation. So I feel like the Hardys are going to to take this match. The Hardys the Hardys losing I, I, f- I feel like this feud has gone on long enough. I don't I mean what is there a, is there another plan after Cesaro and Sheamus? I guess it's it would be it would you would say it was like Cass and Enzo except that they seem to be doing something different. Yeah. With Corey Graves and and the revival and Kurt Angle and all kinds of uh weird question marks. Well, I'm just backtracking. You just said the revival versus the Hardys does sound pretty rad. Yeah, I don't think Cesaro and Sheamus uh, need the belts right now. I disagree with with you guys saying they need the belts. I don't think they do. Well, I know he just said the Hardys don't need the belts. Yeah, but then you're saying what else are they going to do? Right? No, I, I did Cesaro say and Sheamus. I, oh, they they do. I mean, I'm whatever. listening, just like Frazier, man. Anyway, Cesaro and Sheamus would be great members of the Bullet Club if the Bullet Club existed and there weren't already a tag team that was slotted into that uh, into that that group. Anyway, uh, Alexa Bliss versus Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship in a kendo stick on a pole match. <sighs> the the weird wordplay that they've been doing for, around this match has been insane. Uh, the they keep saying that the first woman who grabs the kendo stick will be allowed to use it. But they're avoiding saying whether or not the other person will then be allowed to use it too, which is the case in every on a pole match. If you well, get the thing away from them, which always happens, you can use it. 
coal miner's glove match is the, is the closest analogy I have to this. And that once he got the glove, the match is basically over. Is what they're implying. Well, it's really hard to get a glove off of somebody. It's True. not hard to get a kendo stick away and then bonk somebody with it. I, is, I think Bailey gets the kendo stick, but Alexa pulls off the win. I think there are other kendo sticks under the ring. It's not just the one That's kendo the stick. Yeah, this is a ridiculous stipulation. No, but it has to be. They have to go for the one on the pole. Yeah, but there's going to be other ones too. It's going to be a chicanerous situation. What if the pole itself was a giant kendo stick? <laughs> oh man, uh, we have to briefly touch on while we're here. This is your life, Bailey. Maybe one of the worst segments on Raw in the last five years. I love Alexa Bliss. Me too. She's a huge. She's a huge positive. Yeah, she's great. Um, but she's not ready to carry that segment by herself. I don't even blame her for that. WWE wasn't ready to put that segment on the air. That yeah. was like community theater shit. And it wasn't. It, this is, I think, a big problem with WWE in general, because they they're still so clearly working in the shadow of their of the attitude era. It's like they're chasing they're chasing their own ghosts that I mean, we talked about this, I think, but the like. Last two weeks ago, the Hardys were in a match with you know against all these other teams, and and Corey Graves was just like the new era is better than the Attitude Era, and it's like first of all protesting too much. Second of all, the Hardys are in the ring right now. Like you brought them back because clearly it's not better than the Attitude Era. You needed these guys to pop the crowd. The point is, the having the Hardys back is fine, but to do with this is your life segment. To to do to to retread to, to to make a, such a clear callback to the Attitude Era and then completely miss the point of what made that segment work is what's is is their biggest problem right now. Call it anything else. Call it. Uh, but it, Bailey's high school yearbook. Even if you do it, make a reference to the fact that it have you know have Alexa where and then they totally the entire thing was a botch. What made this is your life the first the, with with the Rock and and Mankind work was that it was so clearly fake. These were actors that were in there. It was just hammy or whatever. With Alexa Bliss, like, I spent the entire time wondering if these people actually knew Bailey because they were, <laughs> I mean, like, they need it needed to be the ugly ex-boyfriend to make fun of her. Yeah. You know, it, need, it needed to be, like, just overacting. It needed to be just, like, just comic, comical characters. It was, it, like, there was, the joke wasn't clear. And yeah. They, they and they've just, done this a few times, like, hey, this is your shitty life. Yeah. But usually it's the face doing it to the heel, to embarrass them. I just think the big problem is Vince McMahon hates Bailey. <laughs> Maybe. No, I think he You're a daddy's girl. It's disgusting. No, I don't think he likes Bailey. I don't think he likes the character. I don't think she he likes her as a wrestler. This feels very much like Alexa Alexa Bliss is the watch the match. I think Alexa Bliss will like do the comeback. I She's gonna win the match. She's, she's gonna, gonna get the. She's gonna get like the baby face. She's gonna be like like kind of playing the hero, even though even if not she, not the yeah, baby. Yeah, I, I don't think he gets Bailey. I don't think. I don't think anybody gets Bailey. Well, I don't think Bailey's been good too. I think like there was some weird disconnect. Like you never think like the NXT to the WWE thing is real. You don't want to buy that. Yeah, it's realish. It's becoming more and more real. Oh no, it's well, totally. real. I think there's a reason why they. Put the kibosh on the Sasha Banks heel turn. I think they've they lost faith. They've lost faith in her and Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, no, I thought Sasha we too. talked about it on the show. No, I be- think Sasha. I think Sasha is is has the chance to grab that spot. I think Alexa versus Sasha. It's money. Yeah, yeah. that's a huge match. Yeah, 
I mean, I said it last week. It's good to it's good to it's good that they're putting Bailey in the spot that they put her in because it establishes her as a main eventer and and it would, you know, that that's an important thing to do with a very limited roster. But I think they totally misunderstood what made it work in NXT, which was that it, I mean, she like associating her with the other horsewomen or whatever is totally wrong. It's totally wrong headed to go down that path. She's an underdog. She shouldn't have made it, you know, and she like worked her way up to the top and she finally made it like it's the reason why the like the 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 belly to ba- bailey to belly sorry what like works is because it's such a shit move like it's her whole persona is that like sure the kids love her sure like whatever but it's that like it's so improbable yeah you know and and to, and to put her over as a main eventer goes against that so i'm arguing against myself i know the biggest heel stable that you could get that would get more heat than anything right now tj perkins mm-hmm. bailey oh. enzo <laughs> Oh my God! Ooh. Wow, I'm I'm into that. Dolph Ziggler needs to switch shows to be part of the stable. I don't want to. I don't want to go that far. All right, <laughs> I take it back. Uh, Dean Ambrose versus The Miz for the IC title. Telegraphed. The way that this match has to, I mean, should should go is that one second into it, Maurice slaps Miz and gets Ambrose disqualified. The way it's going to happen is, uh, as many people have said, is that or I think I think. Um, I think Meltzer said it on his, on his show was that 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 will happen after ten minutes of yeah. wrestling that don't doesn't have to happen. I guess it makes sense that Miz would want to win legitimately and then get frustrated and have that as the backup plan or something like that. But um, yeah, I mean, this is so telegraphed. I just I want Miz to win. Like he needs to win, and he needs to do like a feud with either Rollins or Joe or Balor. I yeah, you know you know I'm right. Uh, Back to the that old the, the reader question about what you would do with Dean Ambrose after he loses the title. I think the move is just to shave his head and get him give him a leather vest and just let him go full Steve Austin because he's got the beer <laughs> he's got the booze related merch now. Uh, he's I mean there's absolutely nothing separating him from from uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin except for the hair at this point and that tongue and, thing he does. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know, not being Stone Cold Steve Austin by a long shot, right? But just just let him go full Stone Cold. <laughs> Um, by the way, does, doesn't it really like demo, the, the, uh, the, what's the dude's name? The, the drifter. Oh, Elias Sampson. He's great. He's awesome. He should be the champion. Get this dude on the card. It really diminishes though his look that he like, he's a drifter and he's comes in wearing black jeans in, in an era where everybody's just wrestling in pants. Yeah. You know I mean? It's like, he doesn't it, stand out much. Yeah. He, he, anyway. What does that say where Elias Sampson is working in the WWE but it's a simple gimmick and they haven't screwed it up yet. They haven't complicated a, it's it. It's also a little bit of the of the Braun Jinder Mahal thing where like he looks like a wrestler from nineteen ninety one and and it and it works. He looks like Macho Man Randy Savage and you said yeah. Roddy Strong, stay where you are. He looks like <laughs> he looks like Macho Man Randy Savage in WWE two K eighteen. Yes. Like he has a full head of hair and like he's a little bit bigger and stronger. He's like he's like Macho Man nineteen ninety nine at Jace. He's almost there. He just needs um, the gorgeous George. Gorgeous George, man. She was like the only of those peroxide divas of that era on either show that I was really into. You didn't like Medasia? What about Molly Holly? No, no, no. She's no. not a peroxide. She's, she, no. she's not. She wasn't the, the, she's the, the, the variety I'm talking about. All right. We got to keep going. We got to get out of here. Right, we've we talked so much about here. WCW. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt versus Samoa Joe. If they could throw a sixth person into this match, who should it be? Elias Sampson? <laughs> <laughs> that's on the uh, roster yeah, already? Yeah, it's on the roster. Braun with his arm duct taped to yeah, his body. Yeah, one-armed Braun Strowman would be awesome. All right, let, as a callback to WrestleMania, I think what we should do is, who do you want to win yeah. or lose in this case? 
or and then who do you think will win? Yes. Okay. Um, I just said as a guest to the show. That's fine. No, you're in charge, man. From now on, the uh, who do I want to win? Um, see, it's so hard because winning does, like we said, winning doesn't necessarily mean anything. Okay, who do I? I, I think. Who do you want to win in the concept that it will help the people that you love? I think that the betting. I think that the that the that the the betting odds are on Finn Balor, and I think that's so. I'm going to go with that as who I think is going to win. He had the promo with Heyman in the ring, and. I think that in the way that I was defending the Bailey push, it does. You can make the case. I don't know if it's true that him, that him facing of all the guys in this match, him facing uh, Brock, even in a losing effort at Great Balls of Fire, is a step forward or upward for Finn Balor because he's still relatively new, uh, and you get to put over the demon and whatever else. So I think the, the what I think is Finn. The answer is is Finn Balor. What I want. Um, Jeez. What I want is Samoa Joe, but that there's a lot of like face heel issues and various imbalances that happen at that point. I think that if if I if I were gonna fantasy book it without turning, I don't know, I don't know. I I I probably I mean probably Bray Wyatt, man. That's who I would put. In the in the championship with Lesnar, yeah, because they want to do that feud. He's a big enough guy where they could probably beat the shit out of each other. He's a champion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if, if if the I mean, he can say I'm going. I'm going to have bo- hold both titles in the span of eight weeks. To me, it, is, it makes know? the most sense. Where they still like to book Brock as a face sometimes. And yeah, you, he's worked babyface against the Wyatt family before. You, you can book him as a face. You can set up that main event. You don't have to kill any of the guys you want to protect, like Joe or Rollins or Balor. You're not, you're not going to do the Roman Reigns push. Uh, you're not going to do the Roman Reigns push um, because that's WrestleMania. And, uh, yeah, and it's... Money's getting a phone call from a very important person right yeah. now. Yeah, a, a wrestling, a wrestling uh, legend. Legend, yes, yeah. absolutely. So uh, it's not Chris so Jericho. No, no, I think I think you're totally right. I think that you can. I think you can work. I, I mean, I, Bray makes the most sense without ruining anyone or breaking any eggs. I think that's right. I think uh, and we the, were talking about this on Monday. Is Bray the strongest wrestler who has absolutely zero power moves in his arsenal? Like, does he even pick people up? At I've any never point? seen him body slam a dude. Yeah, or like do anything except. I mean, he has a, a clothesline. But he could he could put on a match where it's no. Like, I w- like I wish they yeah, could do that. Yeah. Like I want to see that. I want I want to see him. I want to see him go. Okay, Let Dave, me, what's your yeah. answer? So I I want Roman Reigns to win. Yeah. Here's why. I can, I can hear that. I'm done with the belt being off of television. Done with it. We know where this is going. We know what they want. Let's just do Lesnar reigns at Great Balls of Fire. Give Reigns the big win, and then let's move forward. I'm fed up. I do. I don't that. like having the reigns belt as champ. Yeah, that's where they want to go. Can, that's the whole point of yeah, this. He needs to. Can he win at Great Balls of Fire with the help of? Uh, Finn Balor and Gallows and Anderson, and they all, and he, and then Roman Reigns joins the Bullet Club. Yeah, I mean that's the <laughs> that's the sickest thing you've ever said, bro. Uh, and then I I think that Balor's going to win. It seems pretty pretty likely. Do you, if Balor wins, do you turn him heel and then have him 
team up with the Bullet Club to make it seem like they could take no, out. No, stop this. This is the same. This is the same. Sasha Banks needs to turn heel yeah. argument that I'm fed up with. Monday. No, Finn Balor. No, that was a good argument when we all thought Bailey was. A commodity and Alexa. This was pre Alexa Bliss. Yeah, but I I want to just say right now for the record that I was right, and that you guys were wrong, and everybody on the internet was wrong about that. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take my ball and go home. I can't believe everybody on the internet was wrong about that. I don't think we <laughs> everyone, were wrong. Literally everyone. We were we weren't wrong. It's just Alexa Bliss is a better heel than any of them. Yeah, and Bailey just fell apart. Yeah, totally true. Now I'm you more excited about that match. Yeah. I was not wrong. Because well, you thought she would not feud with Bailey. I, no, 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 no. This is all this is nonsense. You are putting words in my mouth, but we have to get out of here. Do you really? Yeah, Jim is giving me that sign that okay. says our you heel, have talked our producer, too much. Our heel producer is giving us the cutoff. Um all right, guys. Extreme rules. Um we'll, we'll just call it rules. The rules pay-per-view on Sunday. It's gonna it's be it's gonna be pretty bad. fun. It's, it's not too bad. This championship match, I mean, the, the sorry, this main event match, uh, which is demonstrably not a championship match, is going to be really cool. It's going to it's going to be really interesting to try to break down what it means to the future of the company and even for the person who wins. Um, so that's it's it's really interesting. As frustrated as I am with the weekly television, the pay per views are always a certain level of quality, just because they're longer matches, they're clean finishes, and we don't have a bunch of gaga and nonsense. And the best heel in the business will get his belt back. The Miz? Yeah. Oh, yeah, The Miz. Yeah, I thought we were talking about... The Miz uh, needs to be elevated, and I think the belt... I thought we were talking about Bray Wyatt for a second. Um, sadly, there's no belt involved. Sadly, he's the only heel who has the chance of winning a belt. Oh, I guess the Cesaro and, and Sheamus are also heels. Um, anyway, enjoy Extreme Rules. Uh, thanks, Nick Money. Do you want to plug anything before we get out of here? Yeah, check out the uh, Team Tiger Awesome show on the Jericho Network on Podcast One every Sunday. Uh, it's me and my two partners. We're doing some silly boy stuff. And uh, don't forget, we have another bonus episode coming out this week featuring Kevin Owens. And can we say the other person? Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to figure out. If you've seen the incredible ringer video, can it's, you take him? It's not incredible, man. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Oh, I, I figured it out. Who is it? He's, he, oh, man, gee whiz. I just think he's going to be a great guest. There you go. <laughs> All um, right. Anyway, uh, we'll see you. Uh, apologies to Dean Ambrose. Oof, you almost missed it. And uh, we'll see you back here next week, you know. For a great shave at a great price, join Dollar Shave Club. New members get their first month of the Executive Razor and a tube of Dr. Carver Shave Butter for only 5 bucks with free shipping. After that, razors are just a few bucks a month. That's a $15 value for only 5 bucks. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash masked. <laughs>